Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Happy Easter. We are so glad you're here today. I know we've clapped a lot, but can we clap one more time for the risen Savior of the world? I'm so glad you're here today. You know, all of time surrounds this this day. All of time surrounds this day, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are so glad you're here today. You know, I was thinking about this morning, and I, I realized today in this room today, some of us have not been in church in a minute. And uh, I, I was realizing, man, it's been a long, I don't know if anybody's been like, if you felt like this before, but it's been a long two years. It's been a long two years. Honestly, this year's been long. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been long. And so it's been a long two years. And, I mean, there's a lot of people in our, in our, in our, in our country. And maybe even you came here today, you found yourself tired. And maybe you found yourself weary. And maybe you, find, maybe you find yourself in a season where you feel like, man, I'm not noticed. And I wanted you just to know this morning, before we get, get just right out of the gate, we want you to notice that God loves you. And that he cares for you. He has a plan for your life. He, he, has so, he has such great plans for your life. And if you could just begin to lean in a little bit today, lean in again this morning, lean again for the, maybe for the first time, maybe lean again in a long time that he's there for you, that he's got a plan for your life. And I believe that God could do something incredible in the rest of this half of this year. I just really, I just really believe that. I'm so glad you're here today. Someone asked me recently, somebody asked me recently, what's your favorite, what's your favorite Easter memory? Like, what's your favorite Easter tradition. I, I know right now, probably in this room, you begin, your thoughts begin to fill your mind. What's your favorite Easter uh, tradition? I wish I, could bring, I wish I could bring you guys um, in my house. In my house, the Easter Bunny shows up in my house today. And then, since we've had kids, our, our oldest kid's 14, for 14 years, the Easter Bunny, the tracks are on my front porch to prove it. I mean, the Easter Bunny's been coming to my house for 14 years. It's been incredible. I, and I remember as a child, I remember the Easter Bunny would show up at my, at my house, but I never, I, I never saw the tracks. Cindy, had, the tracks were not there. And so I don't know if the Easter Bunny, if he's gained some weight, and so the tracks are staying there now in the last 14 years. But I don't remember seeing the tracks. But I know this year, in the last 14 years, the Easter Bunny showed up at my house, and we have the tracks to prove it. That's a different generation of parenting. You know what I'm saying, moms? You're like, oh, that's, a different, that's a different generation. And I don't know why we didn't have all the Easter tracks back then, but it's like there's a lot of tracks. But I remember as of recently, like my, my, one of my favorite Easter traditions, I don't know what kind of family you got, but I have a normal family. Um, <clears throat> some of y'all are like, yeah. I don't know where you came in here today. If you're like, if your family's prim and proper, you may not like what I'm about to say, but this is, this is what I remember. <laughs> this is what I remember the last few years. The last few years, um, my dad has taken charge. We go to my dad's house probably the last four or five years. My dad has taken charge of get, making sure the Easter egg hunt is, is available for everybody. And so usually, I don't know what kind of house you have, if, again, if it's normal or not, but my dad, would, my dad would start preparing right after Easter. He would leave this service. He comes here. He's, he's in Dallas today, which is why I'm telling this story, but <clears throat> he's online watching. But he, uh, he, would, he, would, he, would get, he would get to his house, and, and I, I don't know how you guys prepare for Easter egg hunt, but my... The way, way I see is my dad prepares for Easter egg hunt by, by one glass of wine. I don't know how you do it. Again, I don't know if your family's prim and proper. But by the time we get to the Easter egg hunt, he is fully prepared for Easter egg hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like we get there at 5 or 6, he starts preparing at 1 p.m. Are you with me? <laughs> 
I'm trying to gauge the audience and see where you guys are at in here today. And so what he's decided to do is that he doesn't fill it with, with candy. He fills it with money. And so here's the thing. What we realized after year one, we're like, man, it was like maybe like 100 bucks. And I, I, I got a family of six. My, my family, um, I have, I, there's six of us. And then uh, we have all of us, almost all of us except for a few of us have, have kids. And so there's 22, 23 people. And so my dad would do a, an Easter egg hunt for the little kids. And there was coins and dollar bills. But when you got to the, depending on how much he prepared for Easter, depending on if that Easter egg hunt was before dinner or after, I think you guys are tracking with me. <coughs> the increments got larger and they got larger and they got larger. They just, the increments got larger and larger. And so you could find a 50, you could find a 100, you could find a, a 20, Dollar bill. I think there's been some times when he's been so prepared, he tend, he's tore money in half. And just like, like <laughs> he's like, you got to find the other person and get some tape. I don't know if you grew up poor or not, but when you grow up poor, you tape money together. That's just where we're at. So I think this is the kind of, I think I know the crowd that we're working with for the rest of our time together. <laughs> but man, I just, I just think we look at, we laugh and we get so, uh, I posted last night, we get so caught up in all the, and all the jackets and the pants and the clothes and all those things. And, and we get so into the Easter egg and the, and the chocolate. And I just walked back just a second ago and see all your kids filing inside with bags full of Easter eggs. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we get so busy with the Americanization of things that were things that Jesus made for us to have a moment for us. Does that, you tra- does that track with you? Like, does that make sense? Like, you get so caught up in all the, in all the things. I've like leaned towards, I don't want to get off holidays, but I, I'm going to lean back towards Christmas. But I'm at like, I've like turned to a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. Mom's in here today. Moms, they don't need no more stuff. That's free. I just let some mom, I just, I just help extract some mom guilt from some mom. <laughs> they just, they have, our kids have so many things that we roll into Easter and even about, like we have all these things that God has intended for us to have a moment for us and him. And we've Americanized those things. And I think we have to be careful we have to be careful with that. But I, I, I remember in all, those, in all the years, I, I don't know if I've ever missed an Easter Sunday. Of all my years, my parents took us to church. We put the, out, the, the costumes on and we argued and all the things. I, I, they're basically costumes at this point. You know, when your mom gives it to you, it's a costume. That's what you look at. You're like, I don't want to wear that. You know, I don't, I don't know how many moms in here today. If you're watching online, mom, don't make them wear that. For everyone that's in here today, it's too late for you. You're here. But we find ourselves in these seasons where we, we get all hyped up for all the things and Jesus wants us to have a, have a moment. But I can imagine what it would be like to be back in this, in this time. I can't imagine what it would be like to be like the very, 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 very first Easter. Do you ever think back that far? Because all you remember, you know, for me, Easter, my very first Easter was 40 years ago. That's all I think about was 40 years ago. But, man, the first Easter was thousands upon thousands upon years ago. And so if we're going to have this moment today, it's only fitting that we go back to the Scripture and see what they saw. We sang that song, Do You See What I See? And I wonder today if we could take a moment and see what, see what Mary saw. And then maybe if we can see what Mary saw, maybe we could see Easter completely different. Maybe we can see Easter with lenses that we've never, ever seen it before. But Mary, we're going to look at her for just a, a moment. But Mary, in, in Mark chapter 15, Mary had been with Jesus from the, from the very beginning. 
Jesus grabs a group of guys. Now, mind you, if you're not, if you don't know anything about scriptures, or if you're new to scripture, Jesus had 12 disciples. And those are the guys that get named. But he had some women that kind of roll with him, that, that serve with him, and they were learning, they were taking notes, pen and paper. Like they were trying to get all the information. Like they were leaned in. They were they were trying to get some information, trying to see exactly what this whole Easter thing actually means. And so Mary was one of those people. She kind of tagged along, went with them, and served the guys and hung out and took notes and listened and she was getting all, all things that we talk about today. She was there and she was seeing these things. And I want to look at her life for just a moment. Mark chapter 15, verse 33. The Bible says, this is the very last moment. This is, this is, this is um, a moment where we find ourselves at today at the death of Jesus. In verse 33, on Friday, just Good Friday. By the way, it was bad for Jesus, but it was good for you and I. Mark chapter 15, verse 33, it says, At noon, the darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, it is finished. He says in this passage of scripture, my God, my God, why have, you, why have you forsaken me? He says a few things. He says it is finished. I mean, all throughout this time, he says seven things while he's on the cross. And one of the things that we see in this passage of scripture, he says, God, why have you, why have you abandoned me? Or King James says, why have you forsaken me? He says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, in Arabic. He says that. And people are like, what did he just say? Like you and I are like, what did Wes just say? In verse 35, it says on a little bit further, from, the, from some of the bystanders, they misunderstood, and they thought he was calling out for the prophet Elijah. Like, did he say Elijah, Elijah, Elijah? Verse 36, one of them ran, and he filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink the water. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. And so they're like, man, dude, he's, he's in agony. Like there's that, I think that part where you're here, you got here, you know that he was before all this, he was beaten he was crowned of thorns was shoved on his head and nail pierced hands in his sides. He's on the cross on this, on this part of the story. And he's calling out for Elijah. So they think, but what he's saying is God, I need some help. I'm tired. It's been a long two years. I'm weary. I'm exhausted. My relationships aren't going the way, uh, let's get in it for just a moment. Maybe your relationships haven't gone the way that they thought they should go. Maybe your finances haven't added up, they're actually adding down. And, and maybe the gas prices have caught up to you. And maybe all these things, inflation is killing you. Or all these things are adding up. And that's where you find yourself in this pastor scripture. He's going, man, I'm tired. And people are going, you need some water. I don't know where you find yourself in on the story today, but if you're tired, you need some water and you're thirsty, Jesus wants to give you that today. He wants to give you the hope that you're looking for. So he says, hey, some guy gets closer, he grabs a sponge, goes to give him the water. And one guy's like, wait, let's see if Elijah comes down, and get, comes down and get him. That doesn't happen. Verse 37 says, when Jesus uttered another loud cry and he breathed his last breath and the curtain, the Bible says, in the curtain inside the sanctuary, the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw that he had died, he exclaimed, listen to this, this is so powerful. He says, man, this guy truly is the son of God. A man that was there to make sure nobody came and take him down. A man that was there that might have been there that had beat him and might have, might have been the guy that put the crown thorns on and said, I don't know. But the Bible says that Roman soldier was sitting there and he goes, truly, this is the son of God. Because here's the reality today is that this Roman officer, he had seen other crucifixions before. This was not the first crucifixion. It was the first crucifixion of his kind because this was Jesus Christ. And this guy gave up his last breath. Jesus gave up his last breath. And this guy goes, truly, this is, the, this is the son of God. I wonder if that man found himself in heaven or if he found himself in hell. He acknowledged that Jesus Christ was Lord. Whoever calls upon him, Lord, shall be saved. The Bible says, this passage of scripture, he says, wow, this guy was different. Man, if you're, I don't know if you, if, you, if, you, if you get tired of looking for hope, 
The Bible says that Jesus is a hope giver. If you're looking for healing in this room in here today, I want to let you know that God is a, he's a healer. Maybe if you're looking for provision in this room today, God is a, God is a provider. And this guy's man, truly, this guy is the son of God. By the way, it says some women were there <clears throat> watching at a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and Joseph, and Salome. The Bible says in verse 41, they had, they had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. I mean, we're looking at the pastor's script here where this lady, Mary, she was there for all the miracles. She was there for all the incredible things that Jesus had done. She had saw people, their eyes were, that were blind, they got sight again. She saw people that were laying on mats for their whole entire life. They couldn't move. They couldn't get themselves to healing. And Jesus walked up and touched people and healed people. She was there when that story, the passage of Scripture, where there was a man. They lowered, through a, they lowered this man through a roof that he couldn't walk. And she saw that. We see so many miracles. The book of John tells us there was more miracles that were even recorded in this passage of Scripture. And the Bible tells you and the Bible tells me that she was there for all those things. For all these cross experiences, she was there. But now we find herself pre-cross. Now we see her there at the cross of Jesus Christ. And she's looking at, she's looking at Jesus. And she's been there for all the things. But not only does she see all the things pre-Jesus' life, not only does she see him on the cross of Jesus Christ, but we also see Mary, she actually sees Jesus after the cross. I don't know if you know this, but the reason why we're here today is because Jesus rose again from the dead three days later. It's the resurrection. Yeah, we can be excited about that today. <clears throat> he is the only God that's ever done that before. A lot of people are worshiping gods all around the world, lowercase g gods. And they're not, they're not alive, but our, we serve a God who is alive, who rose again. And he, I, I was reminded this week that Jesus didn't need to go to the cross for him. Jesus had to go to the cross for you. Jesus had to go to the cross for me. He had to go to the cross for, for us. And so we see Mary, she sees him all during pre the cross. We see Jesus, we see Mary seeing Jesus while he's actually on the cross. And then I want to read one more passage of scripture in Mark chapter 16 where we see him, where Mary sees Jesus after the cross, which is what we're celebrating today. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Saturday evening came and the Sabbath ended. And Mary Magdalene, who we're looking at today, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, they went out and they purchased some burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. They're going to go to the tomb. They're going to they're anoint the, the body with, 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 with good-smelling stuff so he doesn't smell bad. Verse 2 says, very early on Sunday morning, just as sunrise happened, they went to the tomb. On a day like this, Sunday morning, they went to the tomb. And on the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance for the tomb? Practical question. That tomb is heavy. That big, who's going to roll that away for, for us? That, that stone is mad heavy. Verse 4 says this, but as they arrived, they looked up and they saw that the stone, large, had already been rolled away. Now, if you were me, if I were you, common people, if the tomb had been rolled away, you're going to turn around and leave like it's over. But Mary had seen Jesus in so many different aspects she had seen Mary, he had seen Mary in all different aspects, different arenas, and she's like, I got to go inside there. I got to go inside there and see if he's actually, I would have turned around. Husband's in here today. If your wife ever asked you to go check on something and you couldn't find it, and isn't it the worst? You know what happens next. <clears throat> they go find it. It's the worst. I don't know if there's anything worse than that. And then they're going, if I, if I, you know, then they, they turn around under their breath, they're going, this sorry sack of good for nothing. I can't believe I... 
And they're, they're like, my mom told me not to marry this guy. <clears throat> my dad did say he would get worse, you know, like, and you haven't, they're having, they're, you, that's what they're, guys, I don't, I, I, I'm not a psychic, but that's what they're thinking. Or maybe they're going, you know, you know, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. I mean, they have, they're having this moment. I always say at this church, if you want something done right, have a woman do it. It just makes sense, right? Ladies, can I get an amen? I know that's right, pastor. Some of you guys just, you just mentally joined the church. Like, this is my guy. He gets us. We find ourselves in this story where she's like, oh, this tomb is rolled away. And let's keep on going and see what happens. But the Bible says, but as they arrived, they looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, already been rolled away. Verse 5, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. Now, that, that would scare you. It would scare me. They walk in and they see this man there clothed in the white and white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel says to them, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. And here's, our, here's, our, here's the point of today. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, there, this is where they laid. This is where he was. I love the different translations of Scripture. I love the different, um, the different adjectives and the descriptions that we see all throughout Scripture. But one pastor of Scripture tells us that when they got inside of the tomb, that the clothes were, that the linen that Jesus was wrapped around was just sitting there folded up nicely. Women, amen, you know what I'm saying? Like he, Jesus, actually, Jesus had a good mom. You want to know why? Because he made his bed, ladies, you know what I'm saying? Like we find the linen wrapped up. Some pastors of Scripture go on to tell us that there was a guy named Joseph, and he went there and he took care of him, and he was the one who took him off the cross, and they put a white robe around him. But this pastor of Scripture tells us that all the things were sitting right there. The Bible says in verse 7, now go. This angel of the Lord says, now I see that you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He is risen. The first person to see Jesus after the resurrection is Mary. She says, now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, ahead of you out to Galilee. You will see them there just as he told you before. Verse 8, the Bible says, the woman fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone, they were too frightened. In this passage of scripture, the, 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 they get there and the angel of the Lord tells the guy, she sees God, she sees Jesus, and he says, hey, go back, he's headed to Galilee, get out ahead of him, go tell the people that Jesus is gonna meet you guys there. Now this is perplexing for you, it's perplexing for me. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense that, he, that he, the, tomb, the, 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 the stone was rolled away, she didn't roll it away. And Mary, it made very little sense that when she got inside there that he was not, he wasn't in there. She was expecting to see him. She was going to anoint his, his body and put the fragrances on his body so that he would not smell bad, keep the flies away. And when he got there, he was not there. And here we find ourselves in this passage of Scripture 2,000 years later. You and I are going, I wonder, I, I just, I'm wondering. I mean, now that you've read it, now that you've said it, I'm kind of wondering now. Pastor West, you just messed me up. I'm actually wondering now, like, how, like, where, like, are you, are you sure? And just like this lady in this pastor's scripture, she had to leave out on faith. And I want to encourage you today, you're going to have to lean out on faith. You know, a lot of you guys in here today, you sat in a chair that's held you up. These chairs are rated for a certain amount of poundage. And you had the faith to believe that when you sat down, it was going to hold you. And I want to encourage you today. I've been doing Hope, I've been doing Hope Church, East Shore Hope Church for the last seven years. And we've seen people give their life to Christ every single year at Easter. And every single one of those people, all they had to do was take a step out in faith. And I want to encourage you today, you're going to have to take a step out on faith also. And maybe if you're like, today's not my At some point in your life, you have stepped out on faith and Jesus has met you right there. 
and you, some of you guys, you stepped on a faith years ago, but you quit believing him. And it's your time to re-engage and to believe again. Because we find ourselves in this passage of scripture. And I want to ask you the question today. When you see the cross, what do you see? When you see the cross, what do you see? We got to begin to see differently. There's a world out there that's dying. It's tired. It's broken. It's beat up. It's weary. They're looking for some people to show them how to see differently. And guess who, the, guess who God's plan is for them to show them that this can all look different? The plan for God's plan, believe it or not, you're God's plan A. I know you're probably thinking, God, God's a bad decision maker if I'm plan A. Here's the beauty of the gospel, that he only has a plan A. What I love about God is God doesn't have a plan B. The Bible says, I want you guys and so what happens if we can go back again, we find Mary in this passage of scripture and she goes out and she says, Nicole, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. And went to Mary and said, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. Went to Martin and said, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. Angela, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. Abby, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. Copco's, can you believe it? I saw Jesus. And throughout the course of history, for thousands and thousands of years today, we are here on the eyewitness account of a lady named Mary. Do you see the way Mary sees? Could you see differently for the first time in a long time? Or maybe can you see differently, say, for your very, 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 very first time, can you see what, what Mary saw? You might be asking the question, well, what did Mary see? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know about me, but I want to I experience the things that I see in this book. And I want to encourage you, the only way to experience the things that you see in this book is to read this book and then begin to live your life out as if you have the answers, because you do. So when you see, when you see the cross, what do you what do you see today? I wanna to give you two things that maybe you could take a picture of or maybe hang on to in your mind today. If you're new to Hope Church, I'm a very simple preacher. Two things, because I think we all can remember two things. Ladies, that was for you. You didn't say amen for that. When you send us to the store, just ask us to get two things. Please ask us to just get two things. I encourage you guys. You see what I do? I build you up and I tear you down. That's kind of that's kind of preacher that I am. <clears throat> just two things. One more thing. No, it's not. Just text it to us. Just, that's that's the next piece of advice. Just text it to us. I don't know why these points are on the screen. Why aren't these points on the screen? <laughs> not the message. Here they are. <laughs> I think Mary and today, and hopefully for you, hopefully when you see the cross, for the first time you'll see freedom. When I see the cross, I see freedom. We've, we've got crosses all across this campus today and we sang songs about the cross and the crosses were all on the screens. And when you go out there and you take a picture today and it'll be a beautiful picture. And I want you to, I'm not anti all the things. Take the pictures, buy the outfits, all the things. This jacket is new, do all the things. But when you see the cross, I wanna encourage you to say, when you see the cross today, can you see freedom? Maybe some of you guys came today and you're like, I don't see freedom. In just a moment, we're gonna help you see how you can see freedom. But when I see the cross, I see freedom. Because West Beecham that was young, was lost, and then he was found. Nine years old, I was sitting in the back seat somewhere over here, and a pastor got there and preached the gospel, the good news. You want to know what the good news is? The good news is that lost people can be found. People who are blind can see, broken can be put back together. And I was like, I was broken. I was nine years old, and I realized I was broken. I was nine years old, and I realized I needed healing. I was nine years old when I realized that I was a sinner, a really, really dirty, rotten sinner. I don't know if there's anyone here today that can feel like they're a dirty, rotten sinner. Well, that's where I found myself at nine years old. And that pastor said, you need Jesus. And I was like, you're right. I need Jesus. And I gave my life. And from that time, from nine years old to 39, for the last 30 years, when I see the cross, I see freedom. I didn't earn the freedom. 
I didn't buy the freedom. Be honest with you, I'm broke. <laughs> I ain't got enough to buy it. When I see the freedom, and throughout the course of history, we see Mary, when she saw it, Mary's like, this is freedom. I don't know if you knew this or not, but we look at Mary like, yo, go Mary, go Mary, go Mary. Mary had a past. Anybody can relate with a past? Mary had problems. I don't know about you, but I can relate with problems. Mary, when she saw the cross, she saw freedom. And when you see the cross today, you can see freedom also. Here's the second thing, that Mary didn't just see the cross. Do you see what Mary sees? Mary actually went to the grave. She had to go see for herself. So I want to encourage you today, when I see the grave, I see Jesus. When Mary got to that grave, she saw Jesus that day. I'm sure her mind was blown, just like your mind would be blown if you were the first eyewitness account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your mind would be blown. It's like a comeback game where you're like, you, they thought it was over, guys. Friday happened, good Friday, it's over. And then Saturday happens, they're like, yo, quiet Saturday. And then Sunday morning came and the tomb was rolled away and they're like, wow, this is incredible. When you see the grave today, when Mary saw the grave, she saw Jesus that day. And everything changed. I want to encourage you to say that today, everything can change for you. Yeah. It changed for me. It changed for these guys behind me. It's changed for probably someone who brought you. It changed for someone in the row in front of you. And today it can change for you. Everything can change today. At the point of acceptance of the cross, at the point of acceptance of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior of the world, your sins can be gone, your debt can be paid, and you can see differently. I don't know about you guys, but can I be transparent for just a moment? You're like, you've never asked before. Sometimes my scene is terrible. Sometimes my scene is weary and it's tiring, it's rusty, and I want to see differently. We went through all, we went through the last couple years. I just kept on saying, God, would you help me to see differently? I don't want to see people like that. I want to be able to love them, whether or not I believe what everything they believe or not, I want to be able to love them. I want to be able to love him, whether or not I believe everything that he, I love him. I want to be able to love them, whether I believe everything that they, I want to be able to love them, I want to be able to love them, I want to be able to love them. I want to be able to love them, whether or not they have the same skin color as me or not, I want to be able to love them. I want to be able to love them, whether they have more than me or they have less than me, I want to be able to love them. I want to be able to love them. and I, I need to see differently. And Jesus said to me, Wes, the reason why you're not seeing right is because you're seeing through your own lenses and you need to start seeing differently. And you need to see everything through the filter of the cross, the freedom that comes, everything through the grave. God had to remind me, hey, Wes, you were once dead in the grave and I brought you to life. And maybe you find yourself in those shoes today. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're so glad you're here today. I wanna give you an opportunity this morning to, to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Everyone across the room today can have this opportunity. This opportunity is not for some and not for others. It's literally for everyone right here, right now. The Bible tells in this room here that we're all sinners. Romans chapter three, verse 23, that we're all sinners. Every single one of us in the room today is a sinner. It's not a bad thing. It's just a reality. We all have the same problem and it's sin. Bible tells this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, but because we sin, there's a penalty or there's a wage. There's a price. And the price is that we, all of us in this room here today, have to pay the penalty for our sin. But the beauty of the gospel is this, that Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sins, for my sins, and he resurrected on the third day. And he paid the price for you. 
he paid the price for me. He did it for you and for me. He didn't have to. He wanted to. He didn't need to, but you needed him to. He did that for you and for me. And so on this Easter, Easter 2022, Jesus knew that you'd be sitting in this seat, in the seats that you're in. And he wants to invite you into relationship with him right where you're at. Wes, who can come to the cross today? Who can be saved? Everyone. Wes, who can be saved? Anyone. Anyone and everyone can be saved today. Life changed. Forever different. We can see different. You can have an opportunity today. So all across the way where your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.